Hey, Jake, I like video games. Well, hey there, Tony. I like video games, too. Welcome to another brand new episode, quarantine edition of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. That was me being sick. I started out as zombie, but then it kind of got away from me a bit. I think that's the theme to our, like, our post-introduction um, like little blurbs, is that it starts as something, then gets away from us. I... Sure. <laughs> That's what this whole this whole show is. It's just I, a, a joke that I was playing on Tony that just got away from us. <laughs> you just led me. Forty five episodes later, you just led me on too long. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, what's up, dude? How are you? Not not much. I'm doing all right. I am just chilling at my parents' house because um I didn't want to be in New York City during the plague. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I've um, seen enough disaster movies to know that is the worst place to be during any sort of natural phenomenon. It's <laughs> true, true. Um, but best thing about quarantine is we get to play a lot of video games. I feel like uh, I was like born for this moment. Moment, like I am like an indoor kid at heart. So it's like mm-hmm. this. I thrive here. So uh, what what games have you been playing, Jake? Well, yeah, we've been able to play. A lot of video games. Um, we, you and I, have been playing some For the King, which I'm sure is on your notes list, so I'll let you oh, dig into that one a bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been playing a lot of For the King. We've been streaming a lot, too, so, uh, hey, I like mm-hmm. that game on Twitch. We've been uh, playing uh, at least, like, once or twice a week. I've been trying to, to stream. Um, but, yeah, check that out. Fo- join, yeah. The, join the Coops Club. Watch us play For the King. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, For the King, super fun. Like, three-player. It's like... The best, uh, the best example of a board game that is just better because it's a video game. Because there's so many like things it's keeping track of, but it still has mm-hmm. that like board gamey kind of feel to it. Um, where you're moving around the board, your little piece, your little dude. Yeah, super fun three player co op. Really easy to pick up and drop off wherever you left the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like procedurally generated, roguelike. Yep, that's a tricky tricky game for sure but it's not unwinnable and you always feel like there's a solid um like progression in it so i've been playing that with with tony with a lot of other friends i've just uh, you know a lot of uh people have been reaching out during this whole this whole quarantine this whole yeah. pandemic i've really been able to connect with a lot of my you know older friends and that's just one of the go-to games we've been playing a lot it's for the king yeah uh, so it's a fun one yeah. other i've been playing a couple other roguelikes still on some slay the spire um Obviously. so the daily there's like a daily kind of game mode that they have in that where they basically have like custom rules and you do a run through on that and that's that's like been a fun thing to do because they're usually they're always very interesting they keep the game fresh and they're more consistently winnable than the normal game mode yeah so i've been on that play the spire still fun and then um a game that i think we talked about me trying to play on stream was ftl Ah. so i've been playing a bit of that just to make sure i i can play it again uh still a really good game still pretty hard but still a great time Uh, if you want a further breakdown on that you can listen to our episode yeah um that'd be fun so Oh yeah, that's a that's a fun one. I think it's a pretty fun stream game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, that could that could be fun. Yeah, good time. So I then uh, for like new games, a lot of big new games released recently. Um, the two I've been playing are the two remakes. Oh yeah. Uh, one is Final Fantasy VII. I oh. just started that one. I haven't played too much of that one yet. The one I have played more of is, of course, Resident Evil Three. 
for those of you who didn't listen to our end of the year episode, uh, RE2 Remake was my game of the year. So, RE3... <laughs> hotly anticipated for me um and it's good it's not great um re2 was definitely better but it is it it is good i heard it's short it is short and um it's much more linear which i don't think is necessarily always a bad thing i don't think it's really necessarily like a bad thing here but it definitely feels its length more than re2 Mm. so my first playthrough in re2 took maybe like four four and a half hours so not not super lengthy. Yeah. Um, my first playthrough on three was, I think, three and a half hours for me to get the playthrough. So it is definitely shorter, but since it's um, not as... So RE2, you know, you're in these different environments, you're backtracking, going between places, solving puzzles, getting key items, and there isn't really a lot of that in RE3. It's a much more straightforward A to B to C kind of progression. There are a few areas of the map, like the beginning, kind of the downtown area, and um, the hospital later in the game mm-hmm. that are a bit more open-ended. But other than that, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, and that's, I think that's definitely fine. Um, it allows for a more curated experience. I don't think linear is a dirty word when it comes to gameplay yeah. or uh, video games. But there's definitely a lot less content there. You know, RE2 has multiple different playthroughs. It's still pretty much the same game with the variations made on it but each playthrough has different stuff in it it's fresh there's two leon playthroughs there's two player playthroughs um re3 i guess uh accommodates for that by having two extra difficulty modes which just i'm not not, interested in whatsoever yeah that's Um, that's not the same thing that's a difficulty mode and like new playthroughs are it's not equal yeah. I mean, it does add, like, more enemies and kind of puts spins on the encounters, but it's not it's not a whole different playthrough with, like, a different character and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's still fun. You know, still really liked it. Um, I, I'm, you know, glad I got it, glad I played it, but I can't really recommend it in the same way I could RE2. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wish they hadn't wasted their time making a multiplayer mode, um, Sorry, a loot box selling mechanism, <laughs> and maybe it spent a bit more time like making a video game. Yeah. Uh, but still, still pretty dang solid. Um, been doing a lot of multiplayer stuff too. You know, for the king, which we talked about a little bit. Played some Smash Bros with some friends. Yeah. Um, I played just I played just a little bit of Call of Duty Warzone uh, with some friends. It's I'm fun. gonna try to play some more of that. That's a pretty fun. That's a pretty fun battle royale. I, Big I, fan. I really like that one. Um, I, I don't play a lot of battle royales. I've tried all of them like once or twice. Um, Warzone is one of my favorites. Like the mm-hmm. the gulag, such a cool idea. Um, <laughs> so like when so in this game when you die. You go to this like it's like a prison camp or like <laughs> it's it, it's like um, did you ever see the movie The Rock? Uh, the scene oh yeah the scene in the bathroom like that's like mm-hmm. what you're in <laughs> and like um, you get thrown into this bathroom uh, one player on either side and then you have to go at each other whoever wins respawns back into the battlefield so it gives you like an extra chance to to get back up which is fun you know and since it's call of duty like the time to kill is pretty fast so Mm -hmm. um it just it just makes it high intensity the thing the other thing i like about the war zone is um for some reason um the way you drop out of the plane with and the control of the parachute i feel like it's incredibly fast going from 
the plane to the ground. So, like, you get into the game quickly, and it's just, like, you know, super-duper fast-paced. You have, like, so much more control than you do in, like, say, a PUBG or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And I think I've I've always been a fan of Call of Duty's gameplay quite Mm -hmm. a bit. And as far as, like, online games go, Call of Duty 2 was probably one that I have played the most of. I mean, that was way back in the day. I haven't touched it in a long time. I haven't played, like, the remake or anything like that. But I just still, I like the Call of Duty kind of gameplay more than most other shooters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then the last thing multiplayer I've been doing, I want to talk about that a little bit, it's um, a browser game, Pokemon Showdown. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've, I've tried to convince Tony to play this a few times, but I, I have been unable to. So basically, you know, like making your own Pokemon team in games takes a long time. It's a big pain in the butt and is a huge time commitment. So Pokemon Showdown just lets you pick everything, pick your EVs, whatever specific Pokemon, their moves, their item, super quick, super easy, and then you can battle online. So I've been doing some uh, Generation 4 battles with Brendan, who is from our uh, gold-silver episode, and Andrew mm-hmm. from our Total Annihilation episode. We always played a bunch of Pokemon together back in the day, so that's been a really fun thing to reconnect on. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. I mean, it's really fun. I think building teams is a good time. Um, like, going on and, like, laddering against randoms, you kind of really need to know what you're doing and, like, how to make a team. So there's stuff, like, there's pre-made teams online you can find. Oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't know you had that. It's a fun, it's a real fun game. It's uh, a good way to just, like, mess around with Pokemon and do some really intense, uh, straightforward battling that you don't have to take, like, ten hours to make an actual team to play with your friends. When you get to Diamond and Pearl, I'll do that, Jen. Like, cause that was the that's, last. That's that's Gen Four. Oh, that's when you're in. I thought you were. I thought yeah. that was Gen Five. Yeah. Ah, oh, maybe I should should. No, play Gen Four. Gen Four is when I think uh, competitive Pokemon really hits its stride. That. Um, cause that's when more of the mechanisms were made. That's the physical special split. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause yeah. like I, I had, I had a competitive team in that game, or at least like competitive team. Mm-hmm. Um, I at least hey, like, make a Gen 4 team. Play, I, I, play with what? us. Maybe we should do that. That, that would be yes, fun. Yes, I got him. You know maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe, you know what? Let's do that and let's do it on stream. <gasps> Heck yeah. Okay, let's do that. I'm going to get fucking wrecked. <laughs> if, if our sword and shield challenge, I don't know if people uh, kept dragging that. We were like, yeah, we're going to play We're gonna play one of these before every single game. And then after I got goose egg. After, after the second time where... <laughs> Like, I didn't even get close to winning. I'm like, okay, this is not, it's not worth it. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Let's, let's uh, go that, give that a try on stream. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah, uh, as you can tell, it's been quarantine. So there's been a lot, a lot of video games. So, I mean, that's most of the things that I've been playing and really been digging into. But Tony, what about, what about you? Uh, so I've, like you, I've played a lot of different games right now. Um, a lot of which, like we had a lot of overlap there. Like I, I've obviously played a lot of smash, played a lot of for the King, um, only a little bit of monster hunter. not, not too much of that. A little bit of hots. Um, but I, the game that the only game I really, really want to talk about right now, um, you had already mentioned, I'm glad you didn't elaborate it. Final fantasy seven remake. Uh, oh yeah, I knew you wanted to get game. deep into that one. I wanted to not step on your step on your feet. Oh, there. dude, it's really good. It's 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 really good. Um, it's better than I was expecting, honestly. Um, it it really is like a a loving 
remake of of that game. Like they they go into a lot of detail, a lot more detail than um, what the original game did. I mean, Midgar it really is like maybe like three four hours uh, of the original Final Fantasy VII, and like everyone remembers that being like the best part of it. You know, like when you when you think back to that game, like. Midgar is a big part of your memory of that game and this they they expanded out like I've played about 20 hours so far and I feel like I'm halfway through um, like mm-hmm. if I'm just thinking about where I'm at in the story uh, it's about halfway which is it like it sounds people might hear that and say like oh this sounds padded like that sounds like there's a lot of filler there but um, it doesn't feel like it and it, it's additive to the to the world that they're trying to build, to all the characters. Um, Midgar's cool. Like, when you look up and you see this giant, like, metal plate over your head, because, like, that's, like, the world that they live in. Um, the fact that, like, you're playing, like, eco-terrorists, you know? <laughs> like, it's, like, it's an intense and... Um, kind of crazy setup for a video game, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it almost feels like it's very uh, topical right now with what's happening in the world. Um, and then on top of that, all the characters look awesome. The graphics are incredible. The battle system is its very, very good. It's very engaging. It gets a little bit tougher. Like I, I don't think I've gotten to a point where it gets really, really hard yet. Um, but apparently there's a couple of bosses that like really are tough. Um, I, I've had a couple of... like harder fights but not not too bad but like the battle system's really interesting it's it's very engaging it's a good mix of like action um action style combat and like menu driven um stuff uh mm-hmm. it's cool all the characters feel very different in their play styles too so like yeah it, it's not like you just play with cloud because that's the only character that's good it's like it, it's really advantageous for you to switch characters on the fly often um, to maximize your um, ATB gauge like growth and you know the spells and abilities that each character can use. Um, it's it's really cool. It's it's an excellent mm-hmm. it's an excellent video game. I'm very um, I'm of like two minds about it. Like I, I want to <laughs> go I want to go binge this game right now. I want to go like take two days off work and just like cruise through <laughs> this game right but at the same time it's like it's very very good and it's hitting all these really great nostalgia notes like every time like a new song comes in that like oh you, it hits that melody that you remember and it's like oh this is like a really cool uh reorchestration of like tifa's theme or like eris's theme or something like that um it hits all those nostalgia notes really well and it's like ah I want to savor this, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, um, it's great. Yeah. I totally, I totally get that with it where it seems like it's just, it feels very playable. Um, I kind of, I've lost track of time playing it. Um, in the little bit that I've, I've been able to mess around, but it's, yeah, it's really fun. The last final fantasy game I really, uh, played was final fantasy 13 and the battle system in that game is awful. Oh, it's, it's not... really bad. Oh, 13. Yeah. 13. 13's... 13 is bad. so 13, is 13 was just a ag- aggressively shitty gameplay. Um yeah. So I was kind of worried about that going into this one, but yeah, like you're saying it, it's a like an actiony combat, but you are really you really feel the RPG elements in 
how you kind of like maneuver, how you change your your attack pattern and style, how you use your spells, how you switch between characters. There's a lot of good depth there, and it really it really feels like an RPG and an action game in a way that I think Final Fantasy has been trying to transition to maybe since like 10. And this is I think hmm. the first time I've seen that they've like nailed it. Well, like this game feels a little bit like Final Fantasy 15 in some ways, but it this feels like the best version of what Final Fantasy 15's combat could have been, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very fun. I I am eating it up. I every single opportunity there is to engage in the combat system, I'm taking it. So like uh, you get like coliseum matches at one point you get these like vr missions at one point that are all like combat challenges and they're super fun like i'm loving it i'm loving it yeah but yeah and and kind of like what you said with the graphics video games look so good now yeah i just like okay going from jet force gemini which i mean like looks good for the n64 for sure but then just like Modern graphics are so good. I just like yeah, feel it's... so. <laughs> it feels like such a good time to be a gamer because there's so much accessibility to different games. Um, I feel like it, they just the graphics can look so good and like so photorealistic. Yeah. It makes zombies in Resident Evil super terrifying. It makes like the facial animations and stuff like Final Fantasy just so phenomenal that you can connect these characters in a, in such a deeper way than ever before. Um, video games are video games are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, newsflash: video games are great. <laughs> newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think with that, uh, we're gonna take it to the break. We're gonna talk about Jet Force Gemini N sixty four classic. Um, yeah, see ya. See ya after the break. Hey everybody, Jake here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Hey I Like That Game. If you have a question or a recommendation for Tony and I, you can reach us on our email address, which is heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, or you can find our Facebook page, which is the Hey I Like That Game podcast. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. And we're back. Hey, I like that game. We are talking about Jet Force Gemini uh, for this episode. We have a guest, my good friend Andrew. Hello, sir. Well, hello there, and uh, thank you so so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. Of course. Um, why did you pick this game? Like, what? Like, what, I love this game too. I I used to play this game a ton when I was a kid, but like. You you wanted to do this game specifically. Uh, why is that? Yeah, so this game is like nostalgia, you know, huge, you know, 10 out of 10 for, for me on this. I played this as a kid. I really kind of cherished it. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit about, you know, when you're a kid, you have a limited selection of games, you know, not, not quite like when you have the means as an adult to kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, buy everything you want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so this was one of the games I had as a kid and, and just played a ton of it and, I, I never actually finished it, and you know I'm sure we'll get into to the reason why later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I w- I've always been very excited to come back to it, and um, so so big nostalgia factor, and um, I'm, I'm happy I got to take a look kind of 
as an adult with a more critical eye to this game. Right, exactly. Like again, like that's like the point of this show is to go back and look at the games we played as kids with that little bit more uh, harsher criticism or like just you know <laughs> more experience mm-hmm. to it. Um, so this game was this came out in. 1999 for the N64, actually made by Rare uh, of Banjo Kazooie, darling of the Nintendo 64, Banjo Kazooie development, um, Donkey Kong 64, uh, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, I mean the the list goes on and on. They're you know legends of the N64 era. Uh, So this game is like kind of the often forgotten one of those. I feel like Um, it's like a third person shooter platformer and kind of a metro metroid like game i would say mm-hmm. yeah like that, that's kind of like it's all of its influences wrapped into one right yeah with um with racing yeah. <laughs> at times <laughs> yeah so so like in in typical rare fashion right you know this game has a ton of collectibles and things like that uh, mm-hmm. And also mini games, including the the already mentioned racing. But uh, yeah, because they had just gotten off of making Diddy Kong Racing too, so there's a. Uh some stuff like that in here oh really so this was after Diddy Kong Racing this was after Diddy Kong I so I um became pretty fascinated by the development of this game more so than a lot of the other games we play I always huh. like to do just like a little bit of research but kind of like what you were saying this game has a lot of different styles to it where it's like a, a third person kind of arcade shooter collectathon platforming metroidvania um, with racing elements <laughs> yeah. mi- mixed into it. So it just seems like that was a very weird combination of of different styles. So like just I, I watched a few different interviews like they did a lot of um, had a lot of interviews on the the rare replay. I played this on on an emulator because I don't have an Xbox one and this game is stupid expensive to buy yeah. physically for the N64 mm-hmm. uh, at this moment. Um, and they they do talk about that a lot. So the kind of initial pitch of this game from Rare was uh, Super Mario 64 with guns. <laughs> and that's how it started. Um, and I think they tried to do that and couldn't quite make it work. And so that's how sort of the, the level design and the weird semi-platforming is in there. Um, but then it sort of evolved into more of what it ended up being which is sort of a a shooter arcade shooter with also kind of like precision shooting elements to it um so it's pretty pretty interesting to learn a little bit more about this game because it seems like it did come from a lot of different influences which you know as you as you look into it it certainly did yeah yeah um can can we talk (laughs) about how awkwardly this game controls oh my gosh <laughs> it's oh like, i i like this game a lot like there's a lot of really cool things about it but man the, for being a shooter right because we we have we have said this game is a shooter it mm-hmm. controls very strange it's, it's consoles should not have been allowed to make shooters until the second analog stick was invented <laughs> so this um I, I actually played this. I hauled out my old N64, got the cartridge out, and yeah. a testament to the robustness of the 64. It just 
flip it on, no blowing into the cartridge or anything. That thing still works, you know, 15, 20 years later. So, um, That's amazing. And uh, talking about controls, I, I went through my controllers to find this the control stick with, uh, you know, the newest movement, the sharpest movement on the 64 controller, which is still asking a lot. But, right. Um, so even, right. even on a pretty fresh and tight 64 controller, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's like trying to steer a... a <laughs> you know a, a giant boat with a very small paddle you know it's it feels a little bit sluggish and i think it, it does ask a lot based on the the control mechanics for some of those precision shooting moments um mm -hmm. so I, I i agree with that the controls they you know they're easy to pick on and rightfully so i think and, it, and it's like it does a lot of weird things like all the boss battles they're like on rails and it feels so weird like it feels so weird because a lot of the game before the boss battles are these wide open arenas or like sometimes tight corridors you have to walk down but like you have like all this range of control and then like all of a sudden it, you lose it at certain points it's like ah. i feel like this game is at its best when you're in a wide open room and you can kind of run and strafe and like uh run and gun you know like do like a nathan mm -hmm. drake like just run and just fire and like don't care about killing every single enemy just kind of just run and gun the entire time um but the game doesn't often give you those moments it feels like you know yeah and i agree this game is best when you don't have to really use precision when you're on yeah like a big old plane and you don't have to so basically the game is you it has a very um generous auto aim when you're yeah. in kind of like the movement mode um and then you can switch movement modes or like aiming modes by pressing. I think it's Z on the uh, the actual N64 controller. Well, I think it's right bump right. actually. Yeah, it's right bump right bumper. Yeah. So then that goes from kind of like this more outside camera view to like right up to your back third person shooter, and the aiming gets more precise. And you go from moving with the analog stick to aiming with the analog stick and moving with the C-pad, which, which so the weird. mental gymnastics necessary to be able to, like, do the controls well are so difficult. I felt like I played this game for, like, four or five hours before I could kind of know how to control the game. You have to limp um, through entirety yeah. of Juno's... Um, uh, Juno's like playthrough, right? Like yep. it's like yep. I don't know how to play this game at all. As soon as you get to the next one, what, what's her name? Vela. Mm -hmm. um, she, it's like okay, I kind of get it. And then once you get the uh, the, the, the dog, dog, Lupus. Lupus, man. Once you get the dog, it's like yes, <laughs> I get this game, and I get to be a dog. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. It takes it takes a long time to really. Yeah, to figure it out. Get the controls, and I never felt like like I could truly do what I wanted to do and aim where I wanted to aim. So let's yeah. uh, let's throw a forced inverted aim on top of that, which I think is a little bit Ooh. of a testament <laughs> to the time. Yeah. At least on the N64, there's no setting to change it, and uh, it was rough at first, nope. but I also found myself surprisingly adaptable, which I think was kind of. Um, you know, I feel like at least not offering the option is sort of like a best practice these days, you know. And, and Jeff Force Gemini, I think right. all around, is kind of like a testament to the best practices that we've developed since that time. That kind of just increase enjoyment all around, um, which maybe we, we take for granted because they're in all the games we play most of the time now. But um, not having that option is, is, that was a tough one. I, th I mm -hmm. think they relied on gamers to be more adaptable to the design as opposed to vice versa, uh, which is maybe more of like a modern approach, but... Um, it was it was rough at first. Yeah. 
Well, I also just think it was a big, just how the games are at the time were played. Like they had to deal with the constrictions of the weird design of the N64 controller, the limitations of the of the hardware, and they did have these different ambitions that kind of seemed to have to be partially scrapped because they weren't able to work mm-hmm. fully in the constraints of, of the time. I think this game would actually be really amenable to a contr- uh, control scheme for Turok Rage Wars, randomly of all games. <laughs> so they use the C buttons. <laughs> they use the C buttons as like the WAD controls on a PC and the stick as the mouse. So you get like a true WAD controls. It's reversed on the controller, but it actually works surprisingly well because your stick becomes a dedicated aiming reticle and you can move all with the mm-hmm. C. And I think this game would have actually worked out very well for that kind of scheme. Instead of trying to force the flip-flop, which is an awkward transition from moving to aiming, just lean into it. Use your C buttons for movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make a... I, I think that's a good point, and it made me think of something. Um, I'm going to make a bold claim here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Turok is the ideal shooter on the N64. Yeah. Hmm. They were early, too. That's an early... I think Turok is the... I, I definitely, I mean, I love Goldeneye, had a great memory, or memories of the multiplayer. I think Perfect Dark is better than Goldeneye, just in, it's like a, a more polished version, and it has, like, more fun stuff in there, being, like, a sci-fi shooter. But um, as far as just, like, controlling and gameplay, I think Turok's, Turok's the, the best N64 shooter. Wow. Wow. Is that shots go. fired? Like, I don't even know. Shots <laughs> Shot fired, so which is per- something you can do in Turok and I, not in Perfect Dark. I, I will say though, Turok's got the best uh, bow and arrow on the uh, N64. Oh yeah, don't, <laughs> don't at me on that one. Um, but uh, so back back to Jet Force Gemini. So like the the setup of this game, like speaking of like kind of sci-fi with uh, Perfect Dark, it's like this is like. Mm-hmm. It reminds me so much of uh, like a Starship Troopers. <laughs> I don't know, like it's like they're yeah. all like kind of space marines like i don't really like there's not really any setup of who your team is like as jet force gemini like what are you like just space rangers like who i don't know you're you're space people with guns and you're killing ants that are like anthropomorphized whatever like they're like human humanoid like Mm -hmm. ants and they're mostly ants right there's maybe a couple beetles maybe you uh, fight like weird beetle zombies at one point. Yeah, yeah, but it's mostly like ants mostly and these ants. large like titan beetles things. Um, and then like you have to save your whole mission is to save these cute little tribal things that look like koalas. I get like what? Yep. it's a koala, right? That would be the best analog <laughs> to those. That's yeah. That's why I think they look the most like. Yeah, and they're they're like overly cute. You know, like, they make like, the, their little cute noises and stuff. The little babies will have, like, pacifiers mm-hmm. in their mouth. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and, like, it's, cra- it's crazy how they, um, they, it's very clear good guys and bad guys. It's like, mm-hmm. bad guys are bugs. Look, they kill babies. Like, in the opening cinematic, they're, like, marching these little cute koalas to, like, firing squads it's fucking crazy yeah there's like it there's some serious like undertones to some of this story it's it's dressed up in kind of the cutesy you know like design but like yeah they're the tribals are being enslaved by this militaristic like bug race of people and they're like yeah gunning them down uh at a, at a firing squad and like just putting them in these like slave camps and stuff and i'm like all right this is pretty dark you know now thinking about it you know a couple years later <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like a hell of a setup, but like nothing like I never under like this this game story is like whatever. Like it it doesn't really It seems it seems like a little tongue in cheek. It seems like they're maybe yeah. kind of going for parody, but the tone is I, I don't think it's though. like quite there. I can't yeah. tell though. <laughs> I can't tell if they're trying to do parody or not. Like it's it's very weird. Um, mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, you're trying to like save these tribals and that like that's really the the only thing that I got from this story, I guess. Like the setup, and then like I I don't know anything about a conclusion or like, the, is there any betrayal somewhere? There's the only growth. There is a betrayal at the end. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. The um the leader dude is the bad guy. It turns out the bad guy was a tribal the whole time. Uh... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> But, like, I guess, like, the, the setup of the story where um, you're these three space rangers or whatever you are, you get separated. Then you have to kind of do each character's playthrough, like, linearly. Like, you just kind of go through it, finish it, uh, move on to the next one. Um, and then after that, you get, what, you get your, like, upgrade, right? Which is cool. And then, Everybody gets a jetpack. <laughs> yep, and uh, the dog turns into a tank, which is pretty great. <laughs> I think that's that's like low key one of my most favorite things that happens in this game. Like this game knows how to do a sci-fi dog. Oh, like yeah. it's it has like basically like a turret on its back. It starts with like jet thrusters in its paws yeah. and then it ends the game as a tank <laughs> i just love how he, he flies around so nonchalantly like uh you know leading up to a boss fight he's like oh the boss is over there he just takes off and floats over there it's like uh <laughs> no no expression change on his face or anything just very casually flies uh, across the map it's it's mm-hmm. great like i love games that show um progression visually like when in an rpg when you equip a new weapon you see that your character's holding a new weapon so like this game was like early on for me where like i really noticed that like i remembered when your character changed how they looked and that indicated to me they got stronger you know like i i love that kind of a moment uh in this game um, but then after that, you can play with any character and go back to any world that you played, and it, that's when it becomes more like that Metroidvania. Um, mm-hmm. But that's uh, when it becomes a Metroidvania, and it becomes very tedious. Yeah. Tedious and boring, <laughs> and yeah. Yep, yep. The initial design, yeah, um, kind of like. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the the initial design of like the three independent paths leading up to kind of that that kind of like turning point in the game when you get your power ups, and then it's sort of like open-world-esque, where you can go to the other characters' levels. I actually really like that. I thought that was, like, pretty pretty innovative. And they tease a lot of stuff along the way, too, like, the whole time. I think even the first world, uh, as Juno, there's, like, a big open pit and a door on the other side. You can't get to it, you know. Having played the game, of, of course, I'm like, oh, that's a lupus route, but... Um, the yeah. whole time, mm-hmm. they're teasing all these spots and all these things that you can't get to... You know, come to find out later, you have to come back with somebody else. So it it does get tedious right. collecting everything at the end of the game. But I thought that aspect of like, oh, I can go back to Juno's levels with Lupus and and get all that other stuff. Like, I thought that was really well done. I actually enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I I agree. But like, the the bad part about that is the map in this game like suck really <laughs> bad. Like it, it, it like there is no mini map. The you have to press pause to open up a map that doesn't really give you any information. Like there's, 
it, it's terrible at conveying all the stuff that's in it. So it makes me, um, it makes it even worse having to, okay, I don't remember where all these secrets are. I remember seeing stuff. I don't remember where they're at. Go back to a level, let's say, as um, Vala or Vela and uh, go back to a level like that and then, oh, I just have to be Lupus. Okay, now I have to change back and come. Like, it's it's not great. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not great. Um, I think the thing that is the, the that sucks the most of that is, like, when there is branching paths and um like when you're playing a metroid game and you you see something kind of off the beaten path you're like oh i can't get to that yet and then you remember it and then you go back and there's like an upgrade in there um that kind of stuff is cool when it's optional it can be very cool and feel rewarding when it is mandated by the game that you have to go down these branching paths in order to like progress into the game like that makes it suck that makes it feel like busy work there's no real reward there um it's it's making you do it it's not letting you it's making you and that's the big thing that makes the non-linearity and backtracking um a lot less enjoyable in this game than it might be in other metroidvanias yeah i agree and they they force you to 100 percent the game essentially and yep 100 <laughs> yep. percent a game or just finishing a game are two very different goals and they require two very different mindsets and people going into this game who are like i want to finish the game all of a sudden are put are forced into having to 100 percent it and that mindset is one of accepting the tedium and some repetitiveness in order to to get that goal but not everyone is into that including myself i've 100 percent of very few games in my life because of that it requires like yeah. a, a commitment and a tediousness that's and in this game it, i think it's also exacerbated by you know the levels, the lack of a mini map, you know, some of those things that would make the quality of life at the end like so much better, and they're just lacking. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't need to have a walkthrough open when I'm playing a fast-paced arcade exactly. shooter. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly it. Exactly it. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. But like, the tedium in the there is definitely tedium in doing all that stuff. But like, some of that stuff is actually really fun. Like, I really like the Floyd missions, the little the little bot that flies around. Um, mm-hmm. that, those are really fun. Uh, the first time you do it, um, I, I totally had forgotten that was in this game. Like I had forget when I first started playing this game again, I had forgotten about Floyd missions. I forgot about the, the racing that we haven't even talked about yet. Like, <laughs> um, there's, there's so much tedium, but like you, you forget it's just stuffed with really good stuff. Like, uh, those Floyd missions are like first person flying missions where like, before you do it, it'll show you the arena you have to fly around, and then you just, like, fly. It almost feels like uh, droid racing now, you know, like those little uh, those flying <laughs> droids. Um, it's great. It, it controls fairly well. For as bad as everything else in this game controls, like, that mm-hmm. is fine. Floyd is probably one of the better, better controlling characters <laughs> of this game. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Floyd, the little little robot. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Rare just loves having like self-sacrificing little <laughs> robots in their game. That's the thing that happens in Perfect Dark as well. Is like your little robot sidekick like blows himself up to kill the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Well, at least this is like the reverse of that kind of right. Like yeah, like, he, he chooses to sacrifice himself and then you repair him. Floyd's got a heart. Um, robot with a heart right there. S- saving that robot with a heart of gold. Right, yeah. Um, 
Dude, the racing. There's two different types of racing in this game. There's two mm-hmm. racing games in it. There's a 2D and a 3D racer. <laughs> the, the 2D racer reminds me a lot of... Do you ever play that game Off-Road in the arcades where it has like three steering wheels and it's like a monster truck racing game? Mm-mm. I, I never have played that. Uh, please, so, somebody who listens to this podcast knows what game I'm talking about. <laughs> please, somebody vindicate The me. one other person who knows what you're talking about. It's got three <laughs> Tell wheels. Tell Tony. Oh my god. Like okay. you're spo- You play with all three wheels or it's like no, a three-player it's game? No, it's a three-player. It's Okay, okay, okay. There's three wheels and a, and a pedal and you drive. Anyways, it's very similar to the <laughs> Jimmy Racer in this game. And then the 3D feels like it does feel like Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing's take on F Zero. That's what oh, it feels like. Oh, that's that's actually pretty yeah, spot that's on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to they needed to uh, allow you to cu- uh, skip cutscenes in this game. Oh my god, time. yes. <laughs> the cutscenes mm-hmm. are unbearably long and dull. <laughs> the pyramid yeah. coming down for twenty minutes, like. <laughs> Holy shit! It felt it, you know like the scene in Ocarina of Time where the Zora King like slowly edges to the oh, side yeah. so you can go to Jabu Jabu. Like imagine that as every single cutscene in this yeah. game yeah. is watching of that Zora guy slowly edge to the side. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes the backtracking really suck at the, the latter half of the game is that every time you start a new planet as a different character you need to watch this i don't know it felt like a 10 minute long scene of your ship flying in yeah ba, 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 ba. <laughs> can i give a shout out to the music though the music in this game i yeah. thought was great and very yeah. fitting you know, like we're jet rangers yeah. even the opening scene is like just spot on like a gal- galaxy yeah. quest i think it has it. good music i think it has very good sound design yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the all the little noises, all like the the gun, like the gunshots, like sound pretty good. Um, the <laughs> one thing we haven't talked about at all yet. I I feel like when you shoot the bad guys, you can shoot their heads off, and you can mm-hmm. collect them, yeah. <laughs> which is very great. Dark undertones. You man. can, yeah, you can like shoot them, and they're still like a lot, like they're ants, right? And they're just on the ground writhing still alive and you could shoot them to pop their head off and collect it like what like a lot of cartoony gore in this yeah. which you don't really expect from the n64 mm-hmm. blood spurts everywhere like it like these guys are exploding into like goo and blood and like body parts are flying but because they're like insects it feels like it's okay i guess you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, why all the bad guys in 80s cartoons are robots, so yeah. you can, like, shoot them and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when you accidentally shoot a tri-rocket launcher at a group of tribals accidentally, oh, that's a big gooey explosion. <laughs> their, their, their gore and vitriol is a little bit more uh, real I think it's red. Yeah. And the, I think the bugs are green, but the tribals are red. Mm-hmm. Red goo. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh no, <laughs> fucked up. Oh no, I have to watch that cutscene yeah. to come back to the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, did, did any of the bosses stick out to you guys at all? Like, did, did you, did anything, like, is anything memorable beyond the three main characters? Like, uh, memorable, like, in how they look and behave, I guess. So, I have, I, I made a note of this specifically, because the end of Vela's final boss, the very last phase, 
it doesn't really attack or anything. It just moves around very quickly. And the game is like, how well can you hit a moving target with these controls? And I'm like, I'm down to 100 <laughs> shots on my pistol. Not very well, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like, oh, I'm just getting, uh, I'm getting boned by the controls here. But I, I really like Lucas's yeah. bosses. The two mantis, yeah. manti, mantises. Manti. <laughs> that was my favorite. I think I like that a lot. I think that one was my favorite too. Yeah. Um, the last boss has a complete bullshit like laser weapon that just melts your health. <laughs> like it's a pretty straightforward kind of easy boss fight, except for that one attack. Yeah. I feel like uh, N64 bosses are usually hit or miss, and this game has more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too yeah yeah but like God, this is like this has made me feel very polarized this game like it, it i am very conflicted on what i want to rate this video game i really am i really am this i don't even have i don't have an answer we have to keep talking through it we have to keep talking <laughs> this game is like um, um this yeah. this game is like a game that i i really enjoy but would never recommend to anybody to play Maybe that's a good way to describe it. Like, I enjoy that there's a big nostalgic factor for me, but if someone was like, oh, should I play it? I'd be like, no, probably not. <laughs> Watch a video and you'll be good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised how often I um, come across those types of games in this in this show. Um, games like, I play it, I'm like, yeah, like, this is pretty cool. And, like, it tickles my nostalgia, and I enjoyed playing it. Wouldn't recommend it. Not a chance. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, but I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, And it's, like, in that spirit that I think I know what my rating's going to be, but it, like, sucks to say, <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Uh, well, do you want to go ahead and give it, Tony? Yeah, I, I think this is a, hey, I don't like this game. Because, um, like, it... The things that I like about it are the nostalgic things, you know? Like, the three main characters out of those, you know, the only real one that's memorable is Lupus because it's a dog. And it's a dog that turns into a tank. <laughs> you know? Like, otherwise, it's two generic space people, you know? And the game doesn't control very well. And it's, it's like, it's, it, I didn't have a fun time replaying this game. Other than, like, remembering, like, oh, yeah, those Floyd missions are pretty cool. Oh, yeah, space, like, 3D racing and, and 2D racing. Oh, that's really cool. And, oh, yeah, this music sounds great. But, oh, I got to play this for another couple of hours? Like, that, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, just, hey, I don't like this game, unfortunately. Mm. What about you, Jake? Oh, hey, I don't like this game. Oh, this game sucks <laughs> hard. <laughs> 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 i think this game is no fun to play it is hard to control um the collectathon at the the latter half is just is just so so bad um i never played this game when i was younger it was one of those games where um i thought it looked super cool but just like i you know i'm a nine-year-old with limited means i can't buy every game i think looks cool so i never actually played it and i think it was really exciting to uh, be able to play it, um, but it sucks real bad, and I don't like it at all. <laughs> it's got it's got pretty good music. I'll give it that. Other yeah. than that, nope, zero zero haze out of <laughs> a rat's tail. <laughs> Great, <laughs> Andrew. Andrew, what about you? Like, I'm very curious to see like what how you would rate this game. Okay, so I, I wrote down a couple uh, 
a couple takes here. Let me let me run these by you. <clears throat> okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. It's like shooting a moving target while drinking a beer with a strobe light on. That's what this game feel like, feels like to me. <laughs> I think the, be- the my favorite one is, it's like going to a good concert and sitting in front of a pillar, right? So you know that there's something really good going on over there. There's a lot of good design elements that you can still hear the show, you know, but like you're sitting in front of a pillar. Like the whole experience would be so much better if you could just move your seat. Like if, if it just had good controls and just had a mini map and a couple, yeah. like those, you know, again, those best practices that like, you know, we... It's easy to see why they're best practices when they're gone, you know? And this is a good example yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, hey, I don't like that game because I don't think the charm factor is enough to get over the kind of misgivings and the controls and the, you know, all the negatives. Yeah, I mean, like, this this was the hardest one to, like, really rate since... Uh, I, well, like, I, I, feel, I feel the same way about this game as I did about Grandia 2, if we go back and listen to that episode. It's like, I fucking love so much about this game, but, like, is this fun to play now? No. <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. not. So, I... Exactly. I, would I recommend somebody go play this game right now? No. Am I glad I played no. it? Sure. <laughs> but... No. No. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's <clears throat> it. Um, hey, we don't like this game. Man, it's a, a unanimous. Mm. Hey, I don't like that game. It's been it's been a while since we've had one of those. I mean, Tony and I have agreed a few times, but usually when we have a guest on, there's there's at least mm-hmm. one dissenting opinion. Right. Exactly. I wanted. I wanted to like it so bad, but it's just those controls, man, are just really hard to get past. Yeah. Um, right. I totally get it. I um so I um kind of in research for this I played a little bit of GoldenEye on the N64 just to kind of see how that feels. That one also doesn't play super great. It's not oh, no, a whole lot of fun to play in hindsight. And it kind of makes me think like all those rare games that we loved back in the day. Like I don't remember I don't think they're really a lot of fun to play anymore which is hard i think it might just be the n64 in general where there's a lot of nostalgia there but um a lot of the games just don't hold up well uh Uh, and that's difficult because everybody loves rare i i would say banjo still holds up banjo Mm -hmm. banjo still pretty good um, but it's got that like it still has like a lot of that collectathon mm-hmm. stuff that just. But that's that's the genre like that's that's. It because it's so it's so tedious now. I think that was a way to give legs to games back in the day too, because like for Jet Force Gemini, for mm-hmm. instance, if you really love Jet Force Gemini and you're like, oh, I have to go back and play everything and collect everything, awesome, you know. So it's it's got some legs. You could put some time into yeah. it, but yeah, overall, I feel like it's just as the core mechanic of collect everything and win. Uh, you know, not the best. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Rare is certainly an interesting developer, and like going back to check out their games is something I think worthwhile. So on that note, Tony, we're playing Star Fox Adventures next. Oh, what? <laughs> Star Fox Adventures? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> the Star Fox oh. um, kind of Legend of Zelda type of game that came out for the GameCube... <laughs> Tony, that's what we're going to play next time on Hey, I Like That Game. Wow, that came out of nowhere, hit me like a truck. I did not even think that was in the realm of possibility. I've never played, th- I've only seen this game played once. 
And I remember as a kid when I saw it being like announced in like gaming magazines. So I used to get like tips and tricks in Electric Gaming Monthly when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Um, but um, seeing like the previews for a game like that, I was like, "What is this? What this is a joke, right? What the fuck <laughs> is this?" I I've heard that it's not bad, so. We'll find I, out on the next episode, I guess. <laughs> I remember it being not bad, but, you know, we'll see. We'll could, see on the next episode. Could be another Jeff Force Gemini. Could, yes, right? <laughs> it will probably be another Jeff Force Gemini. <laughs> uh, Andrew, it was great having you on the episode. Oh, thank you kindly. Yeah, you got any, got any plugs for us? Oh, gosh. Uh, I am a human staying inside during the quarantine. You should, too. Uh, you can't find me on socials because I don't go on socials that much, but... Uh, I love hanging out with you guys, so thank you so much for having me. There you go. Yeah, thanks, man. It was, it was great having you on. This is this is really fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, what? Uh, hey, I like that game on Facebook, or Hey, I like that game podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're streaming on Twitch. Hey, I like that game. We're playing a lot of uh, For the King. We're gonna. St- we're going to start doing some more stuff. We're going to do that Pokemon... Was it Pokemon... Um, Pokemon Showdown. We'll do some Pokemon Showdown. Uh, we, do, we do some HOTS. Maybe... I, I kind of want to get like a marathon or something going uh, eventually. So uh, tune in to the to Twitch on the ongoing antics there. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm posting when we're going live on, on Twitter. So give us a follow at like that game on twitter if you want to get updates on that indeed indeed uh and as always uh live life passionately love each other unconditionally and play some video games bye everybody obsessively no stay safe everybody i don't want to play obsessively i want to play a (laughs) healthy amount which during the quarantine it's technically unhealthy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> COVID killed moderation. Play games obsessively. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like the show, consider dropping us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Every little bit helps. Uh, we are also streaming on Twitch regularly now. Uh, come hang out and join in on the nonsense live uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays every week. Uh, make sure to hit that follow button on our Twitch page to join the Coops Club. Love you all. Bye.